Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, brighten our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and for the first time in a little while, I am here with Michael. Hello, everyone. And Jason. Hey, Michael, what's going on, man? It's I was, good to see you. I was scratching the mic doing the ASMR thing as you, as Dustin started. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, it's a little, maybe it's in there. It's a little uh, clip of the behind the scenes that... <laughs> Dustin's gonna throw up on the OnlyFans page <laughs> when we sit here for like five minutes and just do really weird shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's longer than five minutes. <laughs> it's a lot um, longer than five. Minutes. Feels longer. Well, man, we are so happy to have you back. We are. I'm, I'm yeah. happy. I did you preface it? I said we might have a guest because I never want to jinx it. Oh yeah, because yeah. my schedule's fucked up. And mm-hmm. I do stupid shit all the time. Yeah, that, that's the fun behind the scenes things. We've tried to have you on like every episode this October, and we just kept being like, well, that one doesn't work. Let's do this one. That doesn't work. Let's do this. I'm kind of glad that I didn't come in on the Friday the 13th one because you motherfuckers went three, yeah. over three hours, and I would have been like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about it. I'm gonna I honestly go, could have talked more about I'm it. I'm going to go home. <laughs> yeah, I really could have kept going, but then I kind of looked at my phone and I was like, ooh, we've gone on way too long. And so Groucho is probably the only one who's listened to the whole thing. <laughs> Surprisingly, a lot of people have listened to that one. Our, that, oh. our mutual friend Brian listened to it and ooh. he really dug it. Oh, well, he doesn't have anything he thought else it was to funny. do. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's either he can watch Godzilla for the five millionth time. And or, fall asleep promptly. And fall asleep promptly <laughs> or listen to this. Hey, we'll get to Godzilla one day. I'm oh, sure. yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. he didn't Maybe actually listen. That. Maybe he fell asleep midway like he normally does, <laughs> and it just let it play. I imagine most people listen to it after about 20 minutes just go into like a fugue state, yeah. and then <laughs> when they come to again, it shows that it's all played on their yeah, podcast. We don't, but it's embedding itself subconsciously <laughs> in their head. We don't have the Netflix thing that's like, are you still watching, or <laughs> yeah, are you I'll fucking go. somebody right and now? And then they wake up like in the middle of the night, and they're like, hmm, what if there was a sequel to Jason Takes Manhattan? <laughs> Dude, I, I doubt anyone's fucking well listening to our podcast. They might be. I mean, if you are, hey, how's it going? Uh, ASMR time. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we are talking about a movie today, incidentally. We are? Yes. Uh, Murder Party from 2007. Ooh. This was your pick, Michael. It was. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier directed it. It's his first debut feature. Mm-hmm. And it fits squarely into the Halloween theme. It does. It's on brand. And what now? I think we've only got two more films to go, and we've done his whole filmography. Oh so, shit, that's right. So, Michael, I mean, if you just keep bringing them every honestly, time you drift back I will, in, I will make time when Green Room. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For sure. so I will just take time and Blue Ruin too is amazing. Yeah, right? Blue Ruin's Blue great. Ruin yeah, I mean, I don't feel like being as depressed. <laughs> that one's a real downer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not like Green Room is, you know, it is that sort of a happy sound of music or anything. It's like. <laughs> Oh, it is. There's a lot of Nazis in both of them. Forgot about that. Yeesh. Nazi punks, fuck off. We're going to do all our usual stuff, talk about what we've been watching. Instead of a shout-out, there's an event that happened that occurred to me we have not talked about on the podcast, and it seemed like now was a good time to talk about it because Michael is here and he was also involved. You didn't talk about it? No. How did that happen? How did that happen? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not even sure what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which event? The Goblin Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Was Yes, we all went to see Claudio Simonetti and Goblin live perform the score of Demons. Whilst the movie played. Whilst the movie played. Yes, at the Lexington Opera House. We felt very snooty and uppity. It was, yes. It was a much different experience. Jason and I saw Suspiria. 
Yeah, I couldn't go to that one, and I, I hated myself. That there. was like almost an art installation. Yes, <laughs> it very much was. Like uh, after watching Murder Party, yeah, I was like, yeah. hmm. It was like I'm, a big black box, basically, is what what, the, what they had for that. Yeah, one. it was much more intimate. Yeah, and really kind of cool, like because mm-hmm. you're right on top of them while they're playing it. Yeah. But it was also crazy loud. Yeah, for Suspiria, well, but I mean, it's supposed to be soundtrack anyway. But yeah, this one felt a. It's more grandiose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It was really fun. Yeah. I, you know, for some reason, um, I decided to friend Claudio Simonetti on Facebook because I was like, it says add friend. And I was like, well, why not? Why not? He mm-hmm. only ever gets like three likes on his posts ever. Wow. And so I was like, you know what? He actually answers people all the well, time. Cool. So mm-hmm. I thought about asking him, Jason has a beef um, <laughs> with the show. Everything was verbatim, mm-hmm. note for note, except during the motorcycle chase scene yeah. in Demons, for some yeah. reason, they did not play. Except. Fa- they didn't e- play Fast as a Shark by except. Yeah, and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, Does Claudio not like it? That's where Jason immediately went and was like... I'll be upset, man. He Udo was just was awesome. very, very butthurt about it. And Udo like, Dirk Schneider will come kick his ass. <laughs> I wonder if... Oh, that'd be funny if they had beef somewhere, like they met oh, somewhere. Ooh, and then yeah. he's like, no. We'd not play it, ever. We'd not play it. Yeah, it was weird, because my thought was, like, was it a rights thing, maybe? But then I was like, how does that work? Yeah, you can, you can live? play you a person's cover song. Something, so. it's not, yeah. Yeah. You can it's play not, anything you want live. So I don't really know. It was still fun. And then oh, after oh, awesome. the movie, they did a set of just their you know, greatest popular hits. Yeah. greatest hits and stuff. That was cool. I enjoyed them covering um, the Halloween theme and Tubular Bells. Yeah, that was really cool. And kind of shifted it into Goblin style. Yeah, that was neat. I Every time I... See, like, get even close to Goblin, my brain's immediately like, I need a keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. I always forget how good the score to Phenomena is. Mm -hmm. And then I hear it live, and I'm like, shit, that is a really good score. I I never think about it. I'm impressed by how good his band is. They're they're insane. good Goblin is. And I guess there's only one original member. Claudio's the only original member. Okay. Um, But damn, they're just like, yeah. Very, very talented musicians, and you kind of don't realize it from listening to the scores of the film because you always think, like, Claudio, he's the mastermind yeah. behind it, but then you watch his band play, and you're like, damn. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. It was really fucking it awesome. It takes it even further. So that's awesome. Um, It's still going on, I think. I don't, a lot of the stops have already came and went, mm-hmm. but I'll link to, like, the event thing about it, and then maybe people can like, kind of look for it, like, in the future years if it... Right. Rolls around again. Well, they've done Suspiria. They did Deep Red. Uh, Tenebrae sounds an op- obvious choice Ooh, to me. Yeah. yeah I, and these seem to sell well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. There was almost every seat was filled for us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there was uh, a lot of his posts, like right after the show we went to, were completely sold out. Awesome. Like, completely sold out. That's great. So, yeah, if you can't catch it, do it. Good for him. It's so, it's so worth it to you. Indeed. All that said, what have you guys been watching? Would you like to go first, Michael? I can. As our special guest. Uh, Jason and I had to compromise because <laughs> the stuff I'm watching, you all have already talked about. So I'm watching One Piece, which I like. Nice. Um, Jason and I got together this week and watched Talk to Me, mm-hmm. which you've already done. Fucking awesome. I concur. You guys both liked it, right? Yeah. Oh, Great movie. Incredible. Great yeah. movie. Um, we were shitting around like before we started this officially and just I wish more films had the balls to just not explain everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, oh yeah. 
Just a couple of lines is all it took. That's, that's everything you need to know. All we need had some fun lines. Um, like they mixed some good, like good humor in there. Um, well, actual likable characters. Yeah, I actually you actually like even the characters that you weren't supposed to like. Yeah, because there's there's no real bad guy. You still you know? uh, like um, what's her name? The the well, the two that actually have the hand. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. They're not super likable, but yet they are. Still. They're kind of your average, you know, shitty teenagers. But yeah, they're yeah. not monsters. And not you still, people. yeah, feel bad when everything's happening. Because uh, anyway. they're kind of almost like they almost bully the lead a little bit at first, where she's like an outsider. Yeah. But then after it gets a little bit further in, they're more like in they step with her. her. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we we watched that, and mm-hmm. so that one's already been talked about. But Jason was kind enough to give me. <laughs> One that we both already watched, too. <laughs> In my magnanimous, oh, selfless uh, yes. act. Uh, but Never Hike Alone 2 Ooh. came out for Friday the 13th. And I actually was going to watch that the night of Friday the 13th. And it apparently didn't drop till it like... It didn't get posted till very late or early, mm-hmm. I guess, Saturday the 14th. Yeah, which was bummer. really a bummer. So I yeah. ended up watching Part 7 instead. <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. Wow, what'd you pick that one? <laughs> Uh, Piper was like, did you just skip to the last 15 minutes or something? No, actually. So Piper watched it with me and she was like, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not very good. Yeah, ain't good. Um, and part of the problem was that I, I didn't have my glasses fully adjusted and I thought it was part six. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like 10 minutes in, I went, God damn it. <laughs> this isn't what I thought it That's was. That's when you get your ass up, hit the eject button. Well, at that point, I was like, this isn't what I thought. And Piper's like, just leave it. It's fine. <laughs> so I left it, you know. She got to experience. She was like, "Why does that girl have psychic powers? Like, it's better that you don't ask questions." <laughs> Why does Jason keep coming back from the dead? There's uh, which answer do you want? Not the worm one. Yeah. Um, so, what you think about Never Hike Alone? I really, really liked it. I'll, so, I'll do the official thing of what I'm supposed to do here. Uh, it is. You remember how this works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, directed by who's that guy? What's that guy's name? Vince Vincente <laughs> De Santi. Yes, Womp Stomp Films. Yes. Um, so I had watched Never Hike Alone. I didn't watch the mountain one, though. Never Hike in the Snow? Yeah. yeah. This is a slight prequel. Yeah. You don't really need to. You get a little bit, but not a whole lot. Yeah. How is this movie so much better than so many of the sequels? Because they get it. They, the filmmakers yeah. get it. They, they understand Jason Voorhees. The only thing this movie lacks that makes it a real Friday 13th movie besides just a stupid you know, little TM mark. Boobs? Damn right. Yeah. If this had some boobies, <laughs> it came close. It, it came close. <laughs> it came close to boobies. But it no was boobies. really freaking me out though, because that guy's that the guy's name was Gino, and that's my brother in law's name. And so that girl's like, "Oh, Gino," and I'm like, "I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this isn't doing it nice. for me." I mean, I assume if it wasn't, you know, pretty much made for YouTube, it probably would have had some. Yeah, boobies. that's that's really their restraint there, probably. Uh, but it feels like such a direct continuation of. The whole franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, like Never Hike Alone could have just been set, put it in there anywhere. Yeah. You know, but this one feels like a total continuation. Well, it's the fact they dropped in Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis. And yes. like, he's great. Picked that up and yeah. ran with it. You also have uh, Vincent uh, Guastafero. Uh, Sergeant Rick Colon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rick Colon, nice. who is now yeah, she- <laughs> who is now Sheriff Rick Colon. Yep. Uh-oh. Um, quite a few other little fun little cameo drops. Um, I noticed... When I was looking it up, uh, the female lead, Dr. Diana Hill, she was in another um, 
Friday the 13th fan movie called Jason Rising. Mm, that's the one I mentioned on our episode, uh, yeah. Yes, okay. So it was kind of cool to see them like take from other things and bring them in. It also had Shelly at the end. Yes. Not, not the character Shelly, but the <laughs> actor. Um, Larry Zerner. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, the kills are great for yeah, pretty good for a YouTube. Like, I don't know what the budget was. They did a crowdfunding thing for it, so oh, I okay. Know. Uh, you some, can probably find that out if you care. But actually, some super killer cinematography in it. Yeah, it looks good. It shot well. It was uh, the opening scene, the dive, mm-hmm. the dream dive. Yeah, was actually the way they turned the camera. It was really smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain that shot turned up a lot these days. Yeah. Well, yeah, because somebody did it. And it looks cool. <laughs> it's it's time to retire. Yeah. Well, you can't do it. So uh oh. <laughs> Okay. You're gonna film one of your jerk off videos, like just whoa! Oh, those are already artistic enough. Oh, okay. I don't need any fancy camera tricks. Thank you. It's all in camera. It's all there. It's all real. In shot. In frame. One take. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, best awesome. part about it is it's free ninety nine, so you don't have to pay anything for it. It's just there. Um, that helps. I'm just rehashing what you all said in the. <laughs> but you know for real it's great because it's like again we don't know when we're going to get another Friday the 13th movie but this is like keeping that candle burning I guarantee goddamn to you whatever we get that's officially Friday the 13th won't be as good no that this, not. whatever this Crystal Lake bullshit is is not gonna I don't want to I don't want to shit on it before it comes out but I'm dropping my pants right <laughs> now <laughs> if Brian Fuller stays involved I'm interested. I'm going to have hope as long as he's in the mix and yeah. then I'll see what happens. But yeah. if, if he, you know, like sometimes happens, he, he's there for like the first episode yeah, and like he's gone. Discovery. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess we're getting the full like, um, uh, slasher verse or mm-hmm. whatever. Cause yeah. we're going to get Michael Myers TV show. Yeah. Miramax landed that mm-hmm. of all the things that they were like, you know what? Don't people want. Yeah. Of all the <laughs> franchises, I'm so done with Halloween. Let's just make that. I'm so over it. <laughs> I would have. I'm kind of bummed that A24 didn't get it because that yeah. would have been super interesting. That was the hot rumor, and I was so excited when it was like, "Oh, they're like in the mix. They're at the end." They would have the most potential. I'm just so tired of like remakes and reboot calls and whatever. I the only thing I would like, I would like to see the rights go to somebody so they can take the lore and the name and do whatever they want with it. Because mm-hmm. um, I want some more season of the witch shit. Yes, like, well, that would be nice, but that's not going to happen. Uh, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe. Because if they're, they're paying the money, they're paying that money for Michael Myers, not for the name Halloween. Well, yeah, because I can't tell you how many people defend Halloween ends. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody's like, I thought it was great. I'm like, I'm just keep scrolling because yeah. uh, your opinion don't matter. <laughs> I mean, I will say in a vacuum, it has the best idea of those three. Oh sure, but that's not saying a whole lot. But yeah, and then it's, it's it, but it's an awful idea when it follows it, the prior two. If it were the first movie, I would have been yeah. more behind it. Okay. Anyway, shall I talk about what I? Yeah, I'm done. I'm sure, done. go ahead. All right, I went back uh, to the '90s, Uh-oh. which is kind of a barren area for you know. Idle hands Good gave you that film. itch, huh? I guess so. I don't know, but I went back uh, to 1993. To Australia, to a movie called Body Melt. Razorback. Not Razorback. Damn. Body Melt's cool, though. Body Melt. Um, yeah, I'd never seen it, and I always saw the poster, and I've read about it. It's like, someday I'm going to watch this, so I, I broke down and watched it. Um, the synopsis is, residents of peaceful Pebbles Court, Holmesville, are being used unknowingly as test, experiment, test experiments 
for a new body drug that causes rapid body decomposition and painful death. It's like almost Ozempic. <laughs> right, right, right. A little gorier. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, man, it's, have, have you seen it? Yes. Okay, it's, yeah. It's very goopy. It's very, I'm going to say in the category of stuff like street trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's very, actually, I watched it streaming and street trash was a suggestion yeah. right after that. That's like the like, perfect mm-hmm. pairing. Yeah. So lots of cool gore effects, uh, crazy, crazy movie. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a batshit crazy Australian flick. So if you like gore, if you like, it's almost nonsensical. It's almost... It's an experience. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I recommend it. It's pretty fun. I dig it. Oh, is that Brian using a flick that has the real weird orgy? Society. Society, yeah. That's another good pairing the for The shunting. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want a triple feature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the way That would be it. a night. Yeah. So, that's that's what I watched. I recommend it. Cool. Well, how about you, Dustin? What have you been watching? Well, I've also got a cycle back for it kind of thing. Uh, I went back to 1988. Uh-oh. Gotta go back in time. <laughs> I was um, 13 that year. For Japanese film, of course. That's two. Um, this just got reissued on Blu-ray by Media Blasters. They're the ones that owned uh, Tokyo Shock. Mm-hmm. A very good oh, cool. label yeah. for Asian films. Uh, and so they had this out back in the day, and they've been going through and kind of reissuing what they can onto current media. And so I checked out, directed by Akio Jisoji, Tokyo The Last Megalopolis. Is it animated? Uh, so there is an anime version of it. Okay. That, that's where we're going to get into this. This is an adap- adaptation of a really, really famous novel mm-hmm. called Taito Monogatari. And it's sort of this sweeping big story of like the history of Japan, but s- mixed in with all this like supernatural and occult storyline that's fictional that gets like woven in between everything. Are we sure it's fictional? Well, <laughs> as you go. Um but basically, this this film, live action film, it adapts the first four books of the novel series. Now, there was also an anime OVA that came out a little bit after the film because the film did so well, where they also adapted those four books, each as like one kind of lengthy episode. Mm-hmm. And they leaned a little more into the horror elements in that. There's yeah, a lot of really gruesome characters and stuff. Um, that's over here too. I think it's released as Dune Megalopolis. Mm-hmm. So that's if you check this film out and like it, that's a way to get more of the material um but yeah it's like it's kind of got this big ensemble cast it starts out and it's in like the very end of the meiji era so it's like right when japan's starting to westernize and bring in all this other influence and try to become like an actual like world power that you know interacts on the global stage and this guy shows up who's like this mystic this wizard who kind of resembles sort of like a 10th century Japanese soldier. He's got like the little like boys cap sort of thing and like suit uniform. Okay. Um, and his name is Yasunori Kato. And supposedly he's brought forth by like the vengeful spirits of the original people that existed in Japan hmm. before it was settled. And he wants to basically bring down society and completely ruin it in revenge. Hmm. And he does that with his plot to awaken the spirit of Masakato which is sort of like the found this founding deity thing of the area of Tokyo. Mm. It's supposed to be vengeful and angry. If he ever awakens, he would like destroy He must take everything. the land that must be taken. And he does awaken. this through kind of like in the novel, it's like as the time goes on, he has like a different scheme and like he's trying to do something to awaken Masakado and then different people come together to kind of stop him. It's very much like a Call of Cthulhu adventure yeah, in a like lot of it. ways, but um, it focuses a lot on the Tatsumiya family who, by their bloodline going back, have a connection to Masakado. Mm. 
and some like psychic abilities. And so he's often trying to like manipulate that family. Like his first ploy is to like manipulate, I think it's like the sister of the lead guy and to have her psychic energy call out and awaken Masakado. And then that doesn't work. So then he decides to like have her get impregnated to have a kid that he can like influence better Hmm. and use her power to awaken it. And then he tries, it gets into stuff of like, Chinese mysticism too of like feng shui, like the actual feng shui, like the ley lines in the ground right. and redirecting energies and stuff. And he starts like redirecting energy to try to like force all the ley lines to forcefully wake it up, awaken the spirit. And hmm. um, it was really the film and like the novel and the film were kind of the thing that popularized a lot of the supernatural ideas you see in like current horror anime, current supernatural anime. It's got a lot of the like um, on Myodo magic kind of stuff where they'll have like the paper, scrolls with like stuff written on them mm. and like hurl them and they burst into flames or um both Kato and then some of the other mystics who are on the good guy side that try to stop him they all use shikigami which are where they have that folded up paper and they kind of do a spell and then it morphs into a creature hmm. that's like a servant creature that you can command cool so all that cool like supernatural bullshit you see in anime now that you love it all kind of goes back to being popularized from this novel. All right. Well, it sounds badass. Is the movie good? It's really cool. It's super fun. It's got a <laughs> yeah. lot of like... <laughs> it's got a lot of like pedigree in it too. Some of the creature designs were done by H.R. Giger. Oh, can't go wrong there. Which famously, it's kind of funny because he designed these... Some of the creatures to be like really huge was how he envisioned them. And then they misunderstood and made them very tiny. <laughs> oh no, it's like Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, just just a lot of uh, talented people in. Uh, Rintaro was the art director for it. And I think he also was sort of the animation director when they did the animated version as well. Mm. You'll know his name from a lot of different animes. He directed like the uh, Galaxy Express 3.9 anime. Oh yeah, okay. Handful of other popular ones Old at that stuff time. I would actually be yeah. familiar with. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's just this really cool, really sweeping, like epic historical tale, but with supernatural bits woven in. Um, the novels go on much, much further and actually track on up to like modern day. Eventually mm-hmm. there was one more film that got made, uh, Tokyo, the last war that came out a few years later. And that covers the novel that's set around like 1945 area period. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, there's never been any more films made, no more animation. I've always wished the novels would come out in English, but I guess it's such a huge right. work that like. Let's put in Google yeah. Translate. I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> Maybe one day if that <laughs> progresses far enough. Uh, yeah, but it's really cool. Worth looking into. Cool. Awesome. Right, so today we are talking about Murder Party from 2007. Michael, this was your pick. Yeah. Um, so you guys threw at me that you were doing films set on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the, I think probably the immediate thought is like you either go with Halloween, one mm-hmm. of the Halloween films, or uh, for me, Trick or Treat. Yeah, sure. It's, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do Trick or Treat. Like everybody's seen Trick or Treat. Yeah. They should if they haven't. I, I don't need an excuse to watch it. But then I was trying to think, like, kind of in the back catalog of some others that maybe somebody, people might not have seen. 
that I still think are good. Um, and then I landed on Murder Party, and I was like, oh, shit, I haven't seen that in forever. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping it held up. So <laughs> we'll find out. I guess we will. We shall see. Um, but the you'll have to help me out with um, character names. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because they're pretty generic and bland character names. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the one who's actually named for the actor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the film centers around our protagonist, which is... Chris. Chris. Um, Played by Chris Sharp. Yeah, um, I guess there's multiple. Yeah, yeah there's so, a couple. Yeah. Um, Chris, the film opens with Chris kind of walking down the street. You have a um, kind of Shaun of the Deadish opening mm-hmm. where you're seeing like just normal everyday life, but it's setting the scene for Halloween already because you're seeing all these kids. I guess it's some New York town. We're in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, it's Brooklyn. Okay, That's where we shot. I don't know my boroughs. Um, <laughs> Showing all the... It actually looks really fun. Mm-hmm. And I think I've never lived in a big city, so I don't know what it's, what it's that like. Vibe, yeah, I yeah, know. I was watching this wishing that it was like that here, and there's nothing like that here. Just everyone in costumes. Yeah. yeah. Like, even when I lived in Dayton, it was still, like, a lot more people, right. but still, like, really spread out, so there's not, yeah. mm, right. you know, everybody walking around like that. Um, but there's a good, a good it does a good job of setting the whole Halloween feel, mm-hmm. the pre-credit sequence here. And uh, so Chris, we don't see him yet, really, but we do see him going to a video store, checking out some horror films on VHS, which I'm sure Jason was like instantly erect over. I Jet. was. Um, and the names of those movies are amazing as well. I didn't. I couldn't see okay. them. Yeah, I've got them here. Do you want to? You got uh, them, Jason? Sure. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, so the one he, he, he goes to watch first is called Scare Wolf. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> nice. Please. I want to see this movie. Yeah. The other one is Zombie versus Unicorn's Horn. Okay. Which sounds like maybe it was a Chinese film yeah. that was translated. <laughs> over. And the last one is Xantha Croyd. Now, you know that one's some extra shit, man. Yeah, that's definitely gotta extra be. alien ripoff. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch all of them. We're going to watch a, a whole adult male get birthed out of a person. <laughs> <laughs> and on his way home, he's walking along and he comes across this black envelope that's been like blowing mm-hmm. in the wind. And it's just kind of nice looking envelope. He opens it up. Yeah. And it's all fancy. And it says, you're invited to a murder party. Come alone. Come alone. It's got a street address on there. Yep. Yep. And we see him pop a prescription pill. We're not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. His alarm, like his, his watch, his goes, watch off, goes off. His beeper yeah. goes off. And he, he takes his pill. Uh, I'm assuming by the end of the film, I'm pretty sure it's some sort of anti-anxiety medication. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's one shot at the very end where they finally show you the label see, on the bottle. I'm old and I can't see it from like if I'm sitting in the bed mm-hmm. and I'm watching it mm-hmm. and I can't like the TV's too small. Have I you can't tried see changing it. your prescription of glasses recently? <laughs> Listen, mister, I had to break out a magnifying glass and my phone flashlight to read the menu at a restaurant. Wow. I didn't have my glasses. <laughs> I thought you did. I didn't have my peepers. Oh. No. Wow. I look over and this fucker sitting there like with his phone flashlight on. I am like, now the old man. Looking and I'm like, do you have, I asked him if he had one of the ones that like built in that they used to oh, sell yeah. on TV. Know <laughs> what I'm getting you for Christmas. Ooh, nice. I can man. actually use that. I, know. I, uh, I don't know how much longer the show's going to go then, man. Jeez. Uh, uh. Yeah, so Chris goes, takes the invitation and he goes uh, up into his apartment, gets himself set in. Pours himself a big bowl of generic-looking candy corn. Mm-hmm. Um, goes to sit down to start watching his flicks and is thwarted <laughs> by his roommate. 
Um, Who is Sir Lancelot? Sir Lancelot, the cat, a gorgeous cat. That is a, a beautiful gorgeous, cat, pretty cat. Um, played by Puff Snooty. Puff Snooty is the best name for a cat ever. <laughs> this, so Piper watched this with me, mm-hmm. and she was horse laughing at this scene. It's edited great. The back and forth between yeah, him and the yeah. cat. She's like, Sir uh, Sir Lancelot, please can you please move. move? <laughs> <laughs> and the way that they shoot it is just like. The cat's just staring at him, cut back. Chris staring at the cat, cut back. And it goes on like five seconds longer than it really needs to. Yeah. Which makes it funny. Yeah, it makes it funny. And then finally, uh, Sir Lancelot wins. He just says, fine. Fine, you win. (laughs) Um, So he goes and he looks at that, uh, his invitation again that he's found outside. And he thinks, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, why not? So he's got to do a couple things before he goes. (laughs) <laughs> um, we see someone smash his pumpkin. Yeah, yeah that's in the opening. In the yeah. very opening credits. So he, you see him reach out, grab this pumpkin, and then the next scene you see him turning it into pumpkin bread, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious because that's not the type of pumpkin that's baked into pumpkin bread. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't which, matter. But funny. makes it's it funny, right? Because of what happens with that. Well, the other thing is you see him putting raisins in, and that was where I was like, oh, he just lost me on this. Yeah. Who the fuck puts raisins in pumpkin bread? <laughs> I don't think raisins belong in pumpkin bread, but I like raisins, so I think the two would be fine. Uh, yeah, but they don't belong there. No. <laughs> uh, he also prints out directions on not MapQuest. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point in the film, I had a weird thing where I was like, when the fuck does this movie take place? Because he, he's getting VHS tapes to watch. Uh, what he year ha- is it? He has a laptop, but he's printing MapQuest directions, and then it clicked with me that like, Fucking 2007. Yeah. yeah. All these things were true. It was it was that transition period. Yeah. VHS was truly about to die, and it was everything was going <laughs> up smartphones. And... Well, we still had VHS when we worked together at the warehouse. Yeah, but when was that, dude? 2007. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then that, that it short, it was actually shortly thereafter. It was actually 2004, I think. Yeah. So around this time, that's when it was going away and dying. Yeah, and uh, I, was like, I was just like, wow, this is such an interesting time. Mm-hmm. But you never really consider that. Yeah, it's time capsule. It's hard to think that that's twenty years ago. <sighs> yeah, almost not, not quite, almost. but like, you know enough <laughs> that it's you can say it's close enough to twenty years ago. And then um, we find out that Chris is really resourceful too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. he's got to make a costume, he, or he's got, he doesn't have he doesn't have a costume. So he goes and digs through. I'm assuming he's the way he still got boxes put up and stuff. Maybe he hasn't lived here super long, or he's just too lazy to put them up. Yeah. I've um, still got boxes I haven't unpacked. Digs out this big costume thing uh, that you think he's going to wear. It's very elaborate. But, but, then. but then we get a full-blown Sam Raimi shot <laughs> of like uh, editing spliced together of the, um, the montage of him mm-hmm. putting together his costume. And what he's built is this very elaborate cardboard um, knight armor. It's fantastic. It's, it's awesome. really good. I couldn't have done this in the limited time that he had, you know? And it seems to suggest he must have some affinity for that stuff because it's Knight Armors, his costume, and then his cats, Sir Lancelot. Yeah. Kind he, of. He's a fantasy nerd, much like yeah, we are. Lining up. Um, so he takes his pumpkin bread and he takes his. His printed directions. His printed directions. <laughs> he leaves, but wait! He comes back and gets the invitation. Yep. Because uh-huh. he left it laying on the can. And the bowl of candy corn. And the bowl of candy corn. And he tells the cat, I'm taking the bowl of candy corn. <laughs> but then he sets it outside, this open bowl of candy yeah. corn, with help a yourself. sign that says, help yourself. And it's like, Ugh. I'm not touching unwrapped candy corn. I mean, like I know things have changed post-COVID mm-hmm. and the way we look at the world. But even, even before, then, yeah, I was no. like, no, nah, I'm that's, not touching that. It's very that. sus. 
That's um, got somebody. Before we get too far down the road here, what genre is this, by the way? Oh my god, it is a horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. horror comedy. We're on that sure. train still. Yeah, I can't think of any other real. It has um, moments where it's not comedic, but it's mm-hmm. overall the tone oh, is yeah. definitely horror yeah. comedy. Yeah. I think like the final act, it definitely leans more into horror, but the comedy is pretty pretty throughout. Oh, I would say absolutely. Um, this is one satire of those, could apply, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, this is one of those that I've heard people tell me like I didn't find it funny, and I'm like, really? What the fuck's wrong with you? I mean, like those I, are the people you know to avoid. I know comedy's <laughs> subjective, but like the humor here is smart. It's good. It's smart humor, and the jokes are sly and slipped in, and they don't. I don't know. It's also not super slapstick either. So mm-hmm. right, but it's also not so esoteric that it should go above everyone's head. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. Um, if you can get it, yeah. I don't know why they can. I'm not the brightest. <laughs> but so I love this next scene because the first thing he does is he's taking a train mm-hmm. to get in the right area. And there's this rapper on the train that's just like right in his face, just rapping. He's like, like full aggressively stop. rapping yeah. at him. Yeah. And his eyes are just straightforward. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm not really a big hip hop or rap fan, but I don't know, it didn't seem that bad. He seemed okay to me. The, I'd have given him a it's dollar. It's just the situation is it so is. funny. Yeah, it's awkward. So Piper has told me many times that I would not make it at all in New York <laughs> because I will try to talk to people because it's the you don't s- talk to people in New York. I know yeah. it's the Southern in me that I have right. to like, and and she gets mad at me now because I can just we can't go anywhere because people will know me and I'll just start talking to them <laughs> and carry on a conversation. And uh, so she's she basically told me, she's like, when we go visit New York, you keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> you don't look people in the eye. You look at their shoes and you don't talk to them. <laughs> and I like I could see me talk. I could see me sitting in Chris's position being like, fuck, yeah, man, get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lay that shit down, brother. Oh, oh, probably shouldn't say that. But yeah, lay that down. <laughs> um, so then he gets off the train. Mm-hmm. To where he's supposed to go. He's really not in a good part of town. No. At all. Yeah, this, takes, this takes him far out. It gets progressively worse the further he walks. Um, then it goes to like one of my favorite scenes of the of the first act of the movie. is him walking, looking for this address. And he starts walking down this kind of like really dark alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next scene cuts to him just sprinting <laughs> yes. as hard as he can out of it. Because it's so terrifying. Um all of this intro is the perfect setup of Chris's character. Yeah. Like we know everything we needed about him in the first, you know, second couple of minutes. Yeah, it's great. Well, he finally finds the door. It's kind of a warehouse. Yeah, it's an old warehouse, yeah. That he's supposed to go to. Uh goes in before he truly gets in, we kind of get a glimpse of what's going on inside. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a bunch of people in different costumes. Mm-hmm. We get a guy in a hoodie with a werewolf mask that's, that's raised at the moment. Yeah. Um, that is um, the character Macon. Played by Macon Blair. Macon Blair. The great Macon Blair. Who's fucking yes. great. You're going to know him from other stuff. He's an amazing actor. Um, I've got a guy, got like a Victorian vampire dude. Whose mm-hmm. name is Paul. Yeah. <laughs> played yeah. by Paul Goldblatt. Who really hasn't done anything else. It's Everyone terrible. in this movie is great. Yeah, they're all fucking awesome. And they haven't. Some of them haven't gone on to do as stuff as much stuff as they should. We have a zombie cheerleader, mm-hmm. um, Sky, which is actually Jeremy Saulnier's wife. Oh. Which I was sad because we'll get into it, but she's in the film a little less than the rest of this crew. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, man, she was really good though. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we also have. Um, well, here's our film shout out characters now. Yeah, we have um, a girl who's dressed as um, Chris. From yeah, Blade from Blade Runner. Daryl Hannah's character. And that's Lexi, played by Stacey Rock. 
also didn't do anything else. And then we get another guy dressed as one of the uh, baseball furies from Mm -hmm. the Warriors. Yeah. And that's Bill played by William Lacey. Yeah. Um, So this is our cast of characters. Yeah. This This is our core crew. We have a couple more coming in, but (laughs) we don't. These are the main ones. And they seem fucking shocked that someone's actually around. They're doing. So like uh, Lexi's doing coke. Yeah. um, (laughs) Like as they're, as he walks in and uh, it's Macon's reaction. It's like, Oh fuck. Fuck. So he gets there and he hands him the invitation and they're like completely dumbfounded. They're reading yeah. the invitation and they're like, he actually fucking came. Like somebody actually came. Yeah. And um, then the Chris, the vampire dude, he, he sets fire to the invitation. And I, I love the way how he's like waving it around yes. and distracting Chris while the werewolf dude sneaks up behind him with an axe. And so I guess if you were not already you know, hip to the the fact that this is actually going to be a murder party where mm-hmm. Chris has been invited to be murdered. Um, Macon is already trying to do it before it's even really started. Uh, but what we find out is there's actually this elaborate plan that all of these people... Well, he goes to Axum, but his, his axe gets caught on the chain yeah. for the light bulb. <laughs> so then they all just jump on him and subdue him and tie yeah. him up. Um, throw, him, throw him in like a rolly chair. Yeah, and there's a plan that they are going to kill whoever showed up. Mm-hmm. Well, notably, first thing we learn is they're all artists, right? They're mm-hmm. all art students. They're very all up on their own artists. Well, they yeah. think they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're going. Their plan is to kill whoever showed up. Mm-hmm. In this instance, Chris, and they're all going to do their form of art from it. Yes, because they mentioned a guy named Alexander is going to give them a grant to fund their artistry mm-hmm. if they do well. So they're all very much like, oh, let's impress Alexander, let's impress Alexander. There's a lot of dialogue between them <laughs> that's quite funny about this Alexander yeah, asshole. It's like the, some mythical like yeah. art world figure or something. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Chris is you know sitting in the chair. He's gagged. Oh, and they're also talking about maybe going to some guy named Cicero. He's having some big party. Yeah. And some of them are talking about just leaving. Because now that some guys actually showed up, they're getting kind of cold feet about killing. Yeah, somebody. you can tell that some of them they just thought it would be like we're gonna say we're gonna do this, and then no one will show up, right. and then just fizzle off into whatever. So each one of them has their own medium that they work in, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. Bill's a painter, uh, Paul's a photographer, Lexi's um, videographer or filmmaker. Um, we don't find out too much about the cheerleader girl because she has an issue. Yes. Yeah. So he, uh, before they tie him up, he gives them the the pumpkin bread that he made. <laughs> yeah. And so as they have him captured, they decide they're just going to chow down on that. Just Sky. Yeah. Sky's the main one eating it, really. <laughs> um, and she gets to the raisins, and she's like, "Are these raisins in this?" And he's like, yeah. "He's mm-hmm. gagged." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Mm-hmm." And uh, <laughs> she's like, "Are they organic?" Mm-mm. <laughs> and uh, so Sky stands up and she's like, you know, it's just something about the preservatives and then that really just and then she just fucking faints and collapses, <laughs> but hits her head on a metal rod mm-hmm. that's laying on this warehouse ground and just like fucking <laughs> dies. And the best part it's, it's great because she gets up and you're not expecting it. She has basically a hole in her fucking skull. Yeah. And there's blood pouring out and she's just like, ow, sorry. I smell cut grass. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's gone. Like she just yeah, drops she dead. 
Uh, I but, love how one of the guys yells, should I call 911? And Chris is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lexi just, uh, Sky just died. Um, so I, at this point, like, it already sets the shock factor. You're like, oh, oh, yeah. shit, I see where this is going. And they don't really shy away from the gore or anything either, which is cool. Oh, yeah. So they don't want Alexander to find out mm-hmm. that she's dead. I, they don't want to be fuck-ups. Right, right, right. So they decide to hide her body in this bin. But they roll her up in the plastic that's meant for Chris. Yeah, right, yeah. And then they can't figure out how to lift her because the plastic is tearing. And then they're like... <laughs> uh, but it was a uh, deep freeze. Yeah. An yeah. unplugged deep freeze yeah. that they finally chuck her in. So Macon, the werewolf, is all pissed off that this has happened. So he says, I'm going to kill him now. <laughs> And they think they have a jug of acid, right? Mm-hmm. And he's pouring this all over him. And he's like, yeah, die, It's die. funny because Chris is reacting. And he's like, no, no, no. But immediately as the, as the jug empties, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> then they they start saying, do you, do you smell pickles or vinegar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's, they read what they, it's like, acetic acid? What is acetic acid? And it's funny that the one's like, I'm going to look it up on my phone. Yeah, Lexi's, <laughs> I'm going to look it up. And then you see them read it. Uh, acetic acid is vinegar. Uh, so they've just doused him in, in vinegar, which does absolutely nothing. So <laughs> they really don't seem upset that Sky's dead either. It's like they no. don't give a shit. Um, meantime, like in the meanwhile, though, in, in the meantime, in the meanwhile, in the, in min, the meanwhile min, min, time, min, min, meanwhile time, uh, <laughs> Bill has been sitting there just playing a PSP, mm-hmm. which is another sign time. of the times. Um, you get little. Clippets of what Bill is playing because you'll have like something that'll be like headshot mm-hmm. or something, you know, to kind of give you an idea that he's playing violent video games, which I think was a <laughs> hello, you know, Maybe. wink. He does get a great line because they're talking about what they want to do and if they should kill him or not. And they ask uh, uh, Bill and he says, well, I didn't come here for second degree assault party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a little more serious and a little more like he's pulled away from the rest. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now I believe is when Alexander shows up. Yeah, he correct? gets here. He calls, and they start freaking out. And uh, Alexander has a dog with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Hellhammer. Hellhammer, um, which was played by Samson Saulnier. So it's, yeah, oh, cool. It's, yeah. It's um, he just comes walking in. He's. I think he's supposed to be a priest of some sort, dressed as a priest. Well, he's another he's vampire. A, he's, he's a vampire. Oh, that's too. right. That's right. Yes, because he walks in. And he's played by Sandy Barnett. We have to mention him because oh, he does yeah. a great yeah. job in this role. As he comes in, he's also got someone else in tow with him. Yeah. Zyko. Played Zyko. by Dil Tangrati. It's like this Russian dude who's not in the costume. Well, we don't think he's in the costume. But he's got that like tracksuit mafia look to him. Yeah. 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 Zyko's his drug dealer. Mm-hmm. He says, this is my drug dealer. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because at first the group is very jealous because they think that Zyko is like another artist or something. Yeah. And they're really worried about like, what's his standing with Alexander? Does Alexander like him more or? Oh, and Hellhammer is also part dingo. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They mentioned that. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, to show that he's a vampire, he walks in and he just stops and like stares at Paul. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what are you like, wearing? wearing? Uh, I'm a vampire. And Paul's costume is much better than. Yeah. Paul has the full blown like a uh, Taika in what we do in the shadows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas Alexander looks like um, I don't know, maybe like a seventies disco dancer. Well, he looks like he's doing like a Vampire the Masquerade LARP. <laughs> that's good. That's he's good. Uh, <laughs> kind of really reminiscent of the Donald Logue character from Blade. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah. Which honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the. <laughs> 
Could have been part of the inspiration. Uh, but he, yeah, he tells uh, Paul to take out his fangs because he has much better resin. Where fangs. did you get those? Yeah, where'd you get? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because notably, Alexander has the like plastic, like uh, those little Halloween kid. novelty yeah. things. Yeah, it's like I got him at a I got him at a goth store. You know, he's like trying to play it off, mm-hmm. like he didn't put a lot of effort into this costume. <laughs> uh, so Ale- he, Alexander can't have him looking so much better. So he makes him take out his fangs, and he tells him to take his his take off take off your vampire coat. Yeah. Take off your vampire shirt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he finally gets down to where he's got just like a t-shirt on underneath. Now take off your vampire pants. <laughs> um, and whatever underwear Paul is wearing is quite hilarious. Yeah. And isn't this? Doesn't he make Zyko pull a gun on him too at first? Because yeah, he makes him. Yeah, yeah. Let's know he's serious. Zyko's holding a gun on him to make him undress. And then he tries to walk it back and say, "Oh, that's just a prop. It's not it's even his costume." Like, yeah. He's yeah. like, "What costume?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the dog starts sniffing around the bin. Yeah. So the, uh, they take Lexi takes the dog outside and they hook him up out there. And she faints being allergic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can tell that like Lexi's trying to use like sex to lure Alexander. Mm-hmm. That's she's like kind of all over him. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Alexander starts asking him what like pretentious art project they're going to make this into. Yeah, they start trying to explain their vision of how this is going to go down. Yeah. He seems utterly bored with all of them. Mm-hmm. They he asked the he asked Bill the baseball player and he says, "I was just going to cut his dick off and set yeah. him on fire." <laughs> <laughs> they start kind of like starting to try to pitch Alexander like all their stuff and Alexander is just like individually stroking the ego of mm-hmm. each one, really setting them against each other. And he has money for a grant. Yep. He has $300,000 for a grant that one of them will get if they impress him enough. Uh, but Alexander has kind of a game mm-hmm. that he wants to play with them first, really, before they get started. He wants them to wait for the witching hour. Yeah. Yes. He says that the act is the art, and at the witching hour, they'll stab him until he dies. <laughs> The but so in the meantime he's gonna kind of he sends uh, somebody out for pizza I guess well there's a whole thing where they <laughs> they debate about what food to get yeah, yeah. And more great editing here too it's just pitch perfect it's back and forth about mm-hmm. like the type of food they want to eat and they land on pizza and then there's even discussion amongst like what kind of pizza <laughs> and so it's finally Macon that goes out after the pizza but Chris has taken uh, advantage of this opportunity and has loosened his bonds and escaped yep. And they turn around like, oh, he's, he's gotten away. And they start chasing him. He makes the absolute worst escape attempt possible. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he finds a closet and gets in it. And he's like looking around for a weapon or something to use. And you get all these zoom-ins. Another like, great Raimi. Yeah, he does the Raimi ask. Like you think he's about to manufacture some yeah. chainsaw hand. And then he just comes out <laughs> holding a bunch of junk. And just kind of like haphazardly throws it at everybody. And tries to run off. It's great. The next scene, also brilliantly edited, is just him tied back up again. Yeah. <laughs> but they used uh, chains this time instead yeah. of rope. Yeah. Um, we already see kind of the um, some like little <laughs> things that are put around the room that are potential weapons that oh, they sure. want to try to yeah, use. Axes, sledgehammers, um, chainsaw, an electric an chainsaw. An electric chainsaw <laughs> yeah. called Old Painless. <laughs> um, they get a lot of momentum out of that. They... Uh, I, at this point, Macon comes back. Before he comes back, we see a shot of Alexander and he's having sex with Lexi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Which does come back to be a funny callback because it's like he's apart, you know, from the group and Lexi's like pressed up in, against the glass and a full blown like Catholic schoolgirl's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. 
type moment. But when he comes back, Macon's come back, and he comes back, and he's got the white paint all over his face. Mm-hmm. And we notice that Macon's already like paid a lot of attention to Lexi. Oh yeah, he's he's, very, re- he's upset about this. Really smitten uh, with Lexi, and. The weirdest line in the whole movie. Alexander has the best lines. Yeah, yeah. Alexander says, uh, "Her vagina screamed at me." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, making is obviously hurt. Yeah, that. it destroys him, and he immediately just starts binge drinking. Just like he's got the brown paper bag, and he's just knocking it mm-hmm. back, pouring it all over himself. And meanwhile, Paul has called someone and has asked them to come down. We're not sure who. They. This is where the truth serum comes yeah, in. Yeah, this right? is when he wants to play his, his little game. Um, he well, gives. They tell, yeah, they start taking a bunch of different drugs because the the Russian dude Zyko has mm-hmm. everything. And but yeah, then Alexander wants to escalate except for it. smack, except for or smack. crank. He doesn't have crank. <laughs> crank. I don't know. What, I don't know my drugs. I don't mm-hmm. know. What, I don't know what that means. Yeah, you won't make it in New York. Just don't go no. there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they bring out uh, truth serum, and he, they want to play extreme truth or dare. And everybody takes it except for Alexander. Well, he kind of cheats. He injects it into his pizza. Yeah. Right. And that's and Chris, what every Chris notices too that he's cheating. He doesn't take it. Everybody is are kind of like, you know, they start to spill their guts here about everything. And mm-hmm. I, personally, I thought this scene went on a tiny bit too long. I found it kind of interesting. It gives you finally their connections a little bit. Yeah, because at first they're just being goofy and they're making puns. And Alexander likes the puns, and he keeps saying, "Oh, you're you're my my best friend now." And it's hilarious because Chris starts stamping his feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, he's got one. He's got one." Do you have something yeah. to say? <laughs> I'm having one heck of a crazy heck night. of a crazy night, but with a K because I'm a knight. <laughs> well, then he says, "I don't deserve to be punish," and they like that one. Yeah. And uh, they, they inject him with the serum too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when they bring him into the group. Now he's part of the group. Um, but Nailed yeah, it, yeah, this scene probably does give the most exposition. The part I really liked is that Bill asked them if the rest of them, like what they think of him. And they talk about how they've talked about like kicking him out of the group. Yeah. But then they admit that it's because they think he's a better artist than the rest of them. Right. And everyone is just being. Yeah. And, and Lexi has this really poignant line that she says that um, I, didn't, I meant to put it down word for word, but I forgot. So it's something about like how she hates when she goes somewhere and she sees good art. Because she knows that what she makes isn't as good. And when she sees good art, it makes her feel like there's no space for her to exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really good lines here. I feel like that's an underscore of like all these characters and kind of what they're doing. Yeah. And Chris shares that he had, he was forced to take a dump in his pants at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And says that he just writes tickets all day. He like works for the well, They flip out because he says he's a cop. And yeah. he like, works for, well, he says, I work for the NYPD. <laughs> You're a fucking cop? Yeah. Uh, but no, you find out that he's a parking enforcer, which you actually see him in the opening shot. You just don't realize it's him. Yeah. Because a lady's yelling at oh, him. Oh, right. He's given a ticket. Given a ticket. And he basically just admits that he is doesn't really have much going on in his life. He makes a very menial amount of money, and he just make. He said, "I just ruin people's day mm-hmm. every no, day." No he's, kids. He said, "No one's gonna know if <laughs> no, I didn't tell anyone I'm here. No one's gonna miss me," which is really kind of sad. Um, his cat would miss him. I know uh, some yeah. love uh, miss him. I, I think what kept me liking this movie spoiler was how likable Chris is. Mm-hmm. Um, really root for him. If Chris was anything different, 
I don't think this movie would have worked. Well, he's such a realistic character. I mean, we all know someone like Chris, or maybe we are someone yeah. like Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But most importantly, there's no reason, like, I don't, even if you do think you're Chris, that doesn't mean that you aren't somebody with something. You yeah, know, and there's like, nothing wrong with being Chris. Yeah, that's Chris, the thing. I hang out like, with Chris. He's watching horror flicks. He's got a cool cat. Yeah. He, I like candy corn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so after their kind of <laughs> truth serum... They decide they need to party more and do some more coke. Yeah. And there's that great smash cut where Alexander's now fucking Paul in yeah. the same position. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Paul makes the statement about being bisexual. Right, yeah. And that he thinks everybody's bisexual or something. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, you, you know, also in that truth or dare, that's whenever um, Macon confesses to Lexi. That's yeah. That he's always loved her. He's kept he, this popsicle stick. Yeah, he tells yeah. a story of they were in high school and they were out somewhere and they had popsicles and he kept the stick for forever as a memento. <laughs> well, and, and she just really cuts him because he's like, do you remember this? And he like describes it in detail and she's like, vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah they, they want to kick it up a notch and Alexander wants some crank, but Zyko doesn't have that on him. But they now start to really party and they're dancing. Um Macon at this point is just getting shit faced, yeah. drunk, pouring liquor all over himself. Um, the really the focus is on him at this point because of what's going to happen with him in just a few minutes. Uh, but he actually comes over and starts trying to talk to Chris mm-hmm. and like involving Chris and like trying to lament to him, <laughs> yeah, about everything. <laughs> and so finally, he decides like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm going out," and and he leaves. So he walks outside with the dog. I love how nice he is to the dog, too. Yeah. He's like, hey, Hellhammer, what are you doing? Well, we also get the important scene with Bill, too, because they're talking about his art. Mm. Um, Bill's doing a painting or something, and he he, he goes out. Uh, yeah, he went out to check on the dog. Oh, yeah, and, and Bill he comes... says he wants to kill the dog. Yeah. yeah. Bill has this very telling like little <laughs> monologue with the dog of like, I would kill you. Like fucking kill you. Yeah. And he comes back and they're talking shit about his art. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Alexander has another great line. He says, it's jejun. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Which has a great callback here in a minute. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they're all sitting around like shit talking Bill's art or whatever, but Bill does walk in and hears it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he knows what's going on. But he acts like it doesn't bother him. Just yeah, yeah. kind of plays it off. And this is where Alexander tells like, go to go get him a big bag of crank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's going to recite, recite the Raven for them, the whole poem. Start to finish. Just to stall until <laughs> Zyko gets back. From memory, though, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, it is kind of impressive. Uh, someone knocks on the door, just when he's talking about a rapping on the chamber door. Um, and then it's the person that Paul called. and says He says he never works without an assistant. Yeah, to help get the lighting just perfect. Yeah. It's definitely some grad student. Or some art grad student or whatever. Oh, for sure. And she shows up to... And now Paul goes into work mode. He's like really trying to set up this shot of what he wants to do. Because I think at this point, they've all accepted they're not going to kill him. Mm -hmm. They've just realized it's not going to happen. They don't want to do it. It's not going to happen. They're just partying now. But but Paul's still like, well, I'm at least going to take a picture. Yeah, of him all chained up in the chair and everything sure. else. Might as well get that. But it kind of ticks everyone else off because they're like, well, you just brought in another person yeah. into, our, into our murder thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, Chris is like trying to get her attention. And he was like, run, run, yeah. run. She's like, it's okay. They do this all the time. 
I've, I've, we've done this before. Yeah, it's funny. She's very like, oblivious to what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah. And this is when Macon goes outside, mm-hmm. and he makes the mistake of trying to light a cigarette while he's wearing the wolf mask. But he's also covered in alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and, like glistening. Uh, he's so drenched. Ignites himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that shot is so hilarious <laughs> because it pulls back and you don't see him really mm-hmm. burning. You just see like the outside shot of just flames <laughs> and screaming outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in this part, by this point, Paul and Alexander are kind of arguing because Paul's calling him out on his bullshit. He's yeah. like, you know, we haven't seen your art. We've never seen you produce any money. We're always buying you dinner. You know, what the fuck's going on here? Well, and I think they'd even said something to him, too, during the Truth or Dare game. Like, uh, how much money do you actually have access to? Do you like? Do you actually have $300,000? He says more like half a million. Yeah. He really <laughs> just keeps upping them and agging them yeah, on. Yeah. So Paul takes command and injects Alexander with some truth serum. Yes. Uh, which um, leads to some interesting discoveries. Yeah, we learned that Alexander's a complete fraud, doesn't have the money. He's actually a fry cook. And his plan was to get them to make cool art, kill them, steal the art, then sell it after they're dead because it'll be worth more. Mm-hmm. And they're looking through this little, they find this little book, yeah. this little journal that he has on him. This and, is the best part. And Jejun is written in the book. <laughs> and he's like, what do you just like look up shit to say to us to try to impress us? He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this whole time, Lexi's been running around with the dog and trying to get making not to be on fire. Yeah, because she, yeah. <laughs> she goes out and notices, and she ends up drafting the uh, photo assistant. Well, they go to put him out with a um, fire extinguisher that doesn't work. Yeah, the first one's empty. doesn't work. So she runs back in. All of this while they deal with Alexander's going on. Then they run out and finally put him out. Um, and the makeup is great. Yeah, this is a really cool effect. Yeah. The mask is like grafted to his face. Yeah. It's, it's like, this could be like a horror movie villain. You know, mm-hmm. something like from The Burning or something, you know? Yeah. He's super gnarly looking, but you think he's dead, essentially. Like, I think maybe they showed him breathing a tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, but you're like, no, he's he's fucking gone. <laughs> um, and Zyko gets back. Yep. He's got the crank. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Oh, they also asked Alexander, is that even your name? He's like, no, it's Tim. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, Zyko gets back and Alexander, Tim, uh, just tells him to shoot Paul in the face. Yeah. Oh, hey, Zyko. Shoot Paul in the face. Which he promptly does. It is like yeah. exactly how he says it. Like just, yeah. oh, hey, Zyko. Matter of fact. Like, and it's so, it's so sudden that Paul doesn't even realize it happened. He's yeah. still trying to get the shot right. Right. Yeah, he turns around. He's like, are you so fucking jealous or something? And <laughs> as like this tiny little starts spraying out of his head, and then it starts pouring. Um, great blood effects. All the gore here is really well done. It's not over the top to where it, it, it's smart gore, I think. Mm-hmm. Like if you know that you don't have a budget, don't do something that's going to show your budget. Um, and I think that's one of the things about this movie that's that's great. It's smartly made. It's You know it doesn't have a budget. You can mm-hmm. watch it and tell oh, it yeah. doesn't. But there's nothing about it that screams I don't have a budget. Well, it's, that's the true hallmark of a good director and producer and all that stuff is yeah. that you work with what you've got. Yeah, don't focus on what you can't do. You don't know, try to make what you can't do something that you, you can. You make a good story that is filmable, you know, and you have that foundation. And then, and there's no like, well, I wanted to do blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, that doesn't matter. It didn't happen. Yeah, you're not grasping for CGI effects that are well beyond your reach and bullshit like that. So I didn't check, but I know that the actor that played Paul worked in makeup department. 
in on other films. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if he was the one who did it, like if he had a I, hand in this. I'm pretty sure he did. I can't confirm that. It's great work. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looks it's great. really great work. And it's kind of sad to see that he didn't really go on to do mm-hmm. like anything. But at this point, Alexander just tells Zyko to kill everyone. The shit's hit the fan. Yeah. Because yeah. the dog starts to eat the crank. Uh, Lexi is attacking Zyko. Um, Macon gets up. He, he's still alive. He's got that mask grafted to his face now. And he plugs in the chainsaw and starts cutting <laughs> off Zyko's leg. Yeah. Another pretty good effect, too. And the whole time, Bill's just sitting there playing his fucking game. The chainsaw gag is so funny yeah. to me because it's like he's always looking for a plug. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> always trying to find a plug for this thing. And one, it's either like never long enough, just out of reach, or like he gets it tangled up. Yeah, and it's right. just. It's a problem with extension cords, you know? Some of it, I don't know how much was ad libbed or just like happened. But God, the the chainsaw gag kills me it's every good. time. It's it was good. like the uh, it took me back to the turkey carver bit in Idle Hands, but just like blown up and expanded. Oh right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Lexi goes over and tries to unlock Chris's chains, and she does. But then she's axed in the head by Bill. Because at this point, Bill just casually sets his game down mm-hmm. very calmly and, and just says, "Everybody's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to die." Oh, also in that chaos uh, before the shooting gets stopped, uh, the assistant. She gets it in yeah, the head she gets and dies. Shot. Yep, yep. And the dog has attacked Alexander in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And he's crawling back and his, like half of his face is torn off. And Bill just starts beating him to death. Well, and the, the reason that the dog attacks Alexander is he because... Uh, no, I his think... His name's Hellhammer. No, I think it's because uh, <laughs> Alexander slash Tim said he was going to take him to the pound. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, the dog gonna... understood this? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah he, only, he only likes puppies... Yeah, he, cute, he yeah. wasn't cute, and yeah. I was going to take him and have him put down, is what he says. Alexander's a shit. Yeah, and I personally, I think the dog knew. You think he knew? I think he knew. <laughs> wow. I think the crank gave him... <laughs> Superpowers? No, the confidence. The confidence. To do what he wanted to do. Yes. You know, like... <laughs> to be his true self. He tried to stay in his place, and like, yeah, 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 this fucking guy. You know? But then he ate that crank, and he's like, you know what? So you're saying if you want to find motivation in your life, maybe try crank. I did not say that. <laughs> That's what it sounded like I, to me. I think it's if you're a dog. I think the moral of the story is just to be open to try things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We can agree on that. <laughs> never, never get so set in your ways that you're not open to yeah to new ideas. If you think crank might open up some new <laughs> ideas for you, you know what? I'm not here to tell you to not do it. <laughs> so Chris... Hi, I'm Michael from Genre Explosion. I want to talk to you a little <laughs> yeah. bit about crank. <laughs> I actually don't know what drug it is, but I have heard about it from the streets. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a Jason Statham movie or something. That is a Jason Statham movie. Oh, That's a different yeah. kind of crank, though, right? Is it like wattage? Yeah, I think it's a type of methamphetamine <laughs> is what crank is. Ah, okay. Um, so Chris gets up and he starts Glad running that's away. Settled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Chris is freed. Um, the only person left alive right now is Bill. And um, Macon. Macon is unconscious. He passes out after he kills uh, Zyko, after he saws his leg off. Yeah, but then he, he gets up and starts chasing after Bill, too. Yep. So it's Chris running, Bill chasing him, and Macon chasing after Bill. And Chris gets up to the roof of the building eventually, and apparently he's had to piss really bad this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the bit they do with like the, um, the conveyor belt. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Where he's crawling up it, and then the other guy comes after him, and he hits the down button. <laughs> and it forces Bill to have to ride it all the way back down, yeah. press the up button, and then yeah. come back up again. 
But this gives uh, Chris time to take a leak. Yeah. Until um, Bill gets up there and he's like, oh God, hurry up, yeah. hurry up. <laughs> Which is funny because they do a thing where it's like he's pissing and it sounds like it's going to stop and then it starts back up again. <laughs> it's more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> this, how... The expressions that the actor that plays Chris is yeah, able to great. do yeah. with his eyes, like you get so much. Yeah, because he's still got the helmet on, so it's <laughs> you know it's kind of impairing his acting ability in a yeah. way. Yeah, but yeah, you're There's right. There's just he's so much he's conveying, and so much comedy within just yes. subtle movements. Um, so the chase resumes, and I, I appreciated this too because I thought with this budget and kind of what it is. I could really see the whole film just kind of being that warehouse room, like right. a one room deal. Yeah. Which but is it, fine. But this doesn't like, it doesn't blow up and go like huge, huge, but we get like a rooftop chase. Yeah. They get going yeah. into other buildings. Yep. Yep. It he really, makes, it really expands a good bit. Yeah. He goes into, uh, he makes his way down into this big party that's going on, still being followed by Bill and, and Macon is in pursuit with his uh, <laughs> chainsaw and then extension cord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's learned his lesson. He's very, um, it's really like a, a funny like gag on Leatherface at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but now Chris is like made his way downstairs to this party. Um, like it, it's it's on a rooftop, but he's like yeah. starting to find his way down or whatever. And he it, comes it's in. One of those things where like the whole building is a party, and there's just different little sections. Yeah, he ends up coming into a room where like now these people are dancing. There's like a bar. Looks like there's some sort of like visual art thing happening. Yeah, it's called a human interaction installation. <laughs> <laughs> which he runs into for the high. But there's a great thing on this dance floor where he gets like behind some of the scenery <laughs> oh, right. and he's trying to sneak away and then Bill comes in and he can't find him. So he's like, oh, whatever. I'm going to go over here and get a drink real quick. Yeah. And he's just like sipping on that. And he What's turns the it. name of the drink? It was like, oh. can I get something about a pink panties or something? Pink panty dropper? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. something like that. Yeah. And he's just kind of sipping on it and he turns and he sees the silhouette of the night costume <laughs> behind the screen just like creeping along. He chose a poor hiding place. <laughs> so he, t- he sets his drink down, goes over and starts like thrashing again now. But none of these people... None of these art assholes that are dancing seem to give a shit. Well, they think it's a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They all think it's all part it's of this. It's Halloween. It's an art installation <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, then he goes and finds the room that Jason has aforementioned. Yeah. And this is where we get Cicero finally. Yeah. We the find other, out like, art industry person. Cicero's the one organizing all this. It's his installation. Uh, yeah. And so... Um, it's just a small square room, and there's people in there, and it's supposed to be like you walk in and just observe them. Sure, and sure. It's a weird like. There's artsy, women artsy. that are painted up. They're naked, but they're yeah. painted up different ways. And there's like a guy half naked sitting on the floor. There's jack o' lanterns. And so he just crouches down behind a vase. Yeah. And he tries to warn them. He's like, "There's a guy coming. He's going to kill everyone." And Cicero's talking to Bill, saying how he digs his look, and. Uh, he's, he's kind of complimenting on his art and stuff yeah. like that. Things seem to be going pretty good until Cicero mentions Alexander, and he wants that grant from Alexander. Yeah, well, he says, Alexander told me I was going to get a little grant money from him. <laughs> right. So Bill's like, fuck it, everyone dies. <laughs> I think he says something like, I fucking hate this scene. Yeah, yeah I fucking hate this scene, yeah. Um. So then he goes into the art room and basically just starts killing everybody. And this is maybe the only time you really kind of see that there's a budget and they're yeah. kind of pushing the wall of it. Because a lot of these kills are sort of like out of frame or yeah. cut away from. And... You don't want to make it too gruesome either, too, though. They saved it for what's about to happen. Yeah. But Macon <laughs> comes running 
upon this party now with his chainsaw and his electrical yeah, on cord. The rooftop. He's on, on the, the rooftop. rooftop. Yeah. And he sees, he finds, like, I think there's a boombox or something, mm-hmm. or, or there's lights plugged in. So he plugs his electrical cord into the lights and immediately fucking slips and falls off of the top of the roof. Yep. Um, but it leaves the chainsaw <laughs> falling and it ends up dangling right outside of the window. Yep. Perfect. Where Paul is, I'm not sorry, not Paul, but uh, Chris. Chris, yeah. Chris is in. And at this point, Chris is just hiding because he's um, resigned himself to death. Yeah. Because he's mm-hmm. just standing there waiting for Bill to kill him. Because Bill's killed everybody else. Yeah. He's like axe to the face, all these people and everything. Um, so then when he realizes, like he sees the chainsaw, he reaches out and grabs it, pulls it into the window and uses it on Bill. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a good gore effect. Oh yeah. It's a very simple effect, but it, it's just, it just works. There's a bit of a struggle, uh, but then he ends up pinning Bill against the wall and it's just a great effect where he's chainsawing him in the face. Yeah. This is like a total leather face kill because he's yeah. just gunning it on his face. And it's the left side of his face too. There's something about it being asymmetrical that makes it look even gnarlier. And speaking, so, speaking of art stuff, yeah. Well, but it, all, it allows Bill to scream, uh-huh. which right. he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. like has this look of like crazed, like, ah, and he's screaming while he's getting his head sawn into, but they're just spraying Chris with so much <laughs> yes. blood. Uh, it's like a that's a full dead alive like spray. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so finally, when he, Bill stops moving and he realizes like everyone's dead, Chris is just kind of standing there like, "The fuck is this going on?" <laughs> yeah, he, he, he says something to Bill like he said, "You just ruined the party." Well, he says, "I just wanted to party." Yeah, yeah. Like, that was all he wanted was to go to their party and have yeah. a good time. So he's and leaving. doesn't he? Isn't there a pumpkin? He picks it up and yeah, like puts, yeah, puts it over his head. Yeah, it's on his head. And of course, this is when the guests start filing in, and of course, they they find the whole thing to be you know yep. intellectually stimulating and aesthetically they, pleasing, <laughs> and it's so impressive. They think it's, it's just it's this massacre as designed. Well, Cicero makes this funny statement about like, "Well, we're not starting it; they're not here." And he's like, "Oh, they're fucking start. Get okay, they're fucking starting." <laughs> and it's just like very, very over the top about it. Yep. On his way out, uh, there's a security guard, and Chris takes his phone. Dials nine one one and hands it back to him. Yeah, says this calls for you. Yeah, yeah. I think he says something like it's all real. Yeah, it's all real yeah. in there. Yeah. It's all real in there. Um, so now we just get shots like a montage of to him walking home, of Chris walking yeah. home. Um, and then half the night goes through, and now we're at like early early morning. The mm-hmm. sun is up. He's walking next to a waterway. You know, like it looks exhausted. His watch beeps, uh, which. We've already gotten some fun things we've skipped over with the watch beeping and the, he's the trying medication. To hide. He's trying to yeah. hide from the Bill. The watch That's goes off. Um, but at this point, he takes his medication out, getting ready to take it, and then he just chucks it. Yeah, and this is where you get the shot of the label for like a split sec. I had to pause it and then That's make like, Tiffany tell me. What was it? Prezolam? <sighs> Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's to treat anxiety and panic disorders. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he throws that away. Finally makes it home. Uh, comes back to his doorstep. There's a few bits of candy corn left. Not much. Uh, so he goes inside, covered in blood, <laughs> takes his, finally gets his helmet off, and goes, and we get Sir Lancelot is still sitting in his chair. Sir Lancelot, can you please move? And Sir Lancelot, <laughs> they do the same cut again, <laughs> but somehow the cat's face is able to say, the fuck happened to you? Yeah. yeah. How did they get a cat's face? It's a good actor. 
to relay Puff that. Puff Snooty is a good actor. Puff yep. Snooty was just like. Knows what's up. And so Puff Snooty just gets up. Mm-hmm. And it walks away like you you you've earned yeah, it, man. Okay. Like, and then it's sweet because he thanks him. He says, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And then sits there and just starts eating his candy corn, still yep. covered in still covered in blood. Yep. In blood. And grabs the remote and starts the VHS tape. Yep. Yep. The end. Such a uh, fun little ending. Yeah. Murder party. <laughs> but it's a good character arc for Chris because he found yes. his his backbone to stand up to his cat. <laughs> to have his cat move and not move into them. Well, that's the thing. I, that's that's the journey I myself am on because uh, I can't make my cats move. It echoes from the start because he's giving that lady a ticket at the beginning and she's like browbeating him over right. it, even though she's in the wrong. Um, so we can get in. I don't know if you have any trivia things. I do you'd ask like them. to. There's yep. probably quite a bit with. So this. you'll notice it in the credits. Uh, Lab of Madness. And yes. so this was like a production company that started with uh, Christopher Sharp, Macon Blair, and Jeremy Saulnier. And this actually started in the 80s when they were younger. They like grew up together and were friends. And they would do like little, hor- little horror short films on VHS and Super 8. Uh, the very first film they ever made together was in the sixth grade, and that was Megacop. <laughs> I want to see And that those. was from 1986. Yeah. Uh, later, they linked up with Paul Goldblatt, Sandy Barnett, and Bill Lacey. And they would often do like video projects for their assignments in school because they had all the equipment and everything. And they even had filmed some stuff like they would do their own interpretations of things like Macbeth or Beowulf. All lost to time, I bet, but would be great special features on yeah. like a Blu-ray or something. Uh, after high school, they kind of all went their separate ways to different film schools, but they always kept in touch. And then as things progressed on, they linked back up to work together a little more. So their first actual attempt at a feature film was a screenplay called Mustache. <laughs> um... Don't know what became of it. I couldn't dig up too much about it. Uh, so when they looked at doing Murder Party, they first made a short film called Crab Walk. And they were going to try to use that as like a proof of concept yeah. to raise a bunch of money. Unfortunately, they couldn't find any investors. And so they decided to just greenlight Murder Party with no budget in August 2005 and just do it all themselves and funnel in. Yeah, Having, having funded this, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really impressive. Well, and this is the um, benefit too of uh, the film festivals, yeah. Because this hit big at the oh, horror yeah. film festivals. Like they introduced it there. That's where I heard about it. Mm. Um, and I want to say it was Rue Morgue that did a quick little article on it at one point because I subscribed to them for forever. Sounds like something they would pick up on. Because um, mm. I don't think it was Fango. Because Fango was more like mainstream. Mainstream, shall we say? Yeah. Well. No, they didn't get paid to put stuff... Yes, they got fucking paid to put stuff in. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it got picked up by Magnet. Mm. Really sick. I like Magnet. And Magnet was, during that time, was really putting out mm. like a lot of those indie uh, horror little darlings. That And the cover's great. Oh, yeah. The cover is such a good <laughs> cover art that if you were to see it on a shelf, you'd want to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, the stuff that they've gone on to do, like, I know that the rest of the cast hasn't gone on to do a whole lot, but Macon Blair, that dude's career is so fucking stellar. Yeah. Like, honestly, as good as Saulnier's, <laughs> in, in my opinion, um, he was the star of Blue Ruin, which mm-hmm. was the next film, which have you seen that yet, Dustin? Yes. God, Amazing. It's really good. Um, he was the star of that one. He yeah. went on to... He has a smaller part in Green Room, but he's very good in it. Yeah. yeah. 
He went on to direct his own feature called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Yep, it was a Netflix Have you seen release. it? It's really good. It's really good, yeah. yeah. It has, I hadn't seen uh, it. Oh, it has Melanie Kinski in it. Oh, um, right, right, uh, right. Yeah. I always meant to watch it. I just never got it. And Elijah Wood. And uh, Blair, his next feature is going to be this Toxic Avenger reboot. He's yeah. writing and directing that. That's so interesting. Which, you know, I'm just going to say no pressure, man. <laughs> yeah. I, some people are already pooping on it, and I'm yeah. like... I don't really know. Like, I'm not going to tell you that Toxic Avenger is a classic that can't be touched. It's an untouchable classic. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's trauma. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. I mean, I love trauma, but... It's fine. It's fine. If Uncle Lloyd is going to give it a shot, I'm going to give it a shot. Right. If he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. This isn't one of those weird things where it's like, well, we have the rights to the Toxic Avenger, and we're going to do it anyways. Yeah. It's not something Disney would pick up. The clips that I've seen of... Elijah Wood and Peter Dinklage. I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I want to see this. Yeah, it's got an interesting cast. Uh, you got any more trivia for yes. it? Yes. Um, so the shoot was very, very hard, as one might expect from low budget and everything else. Pretty much everyone acting in the film had some secondary role that they also served on the production staff, which that gets a little bit into what you were talking about, Michael. Uh, I didn't pay attention to whether his name was listed as special effects makeup on it, too. He have been. I didn't pull that. I forgot to, so... Uh, let's see what else. Show notes. <laughs> um, visual effect artist Chris Connolly was brought in to work in post-production on some of the makeup effects to supplement what they had already done on the set. Um, and then this is kind of owing to the low budget of everything. When they did the truth serum game, they used actual hypodermic needles and they filled it with sterile saline. I like that commitment because they, they didn't need to do that. No. But that's kind of fun. Well, and I think Bill's the one who puts it in his between his knuckles. Um, yeah. So, which <laughs> there's so many little things like when we talk about it now that cue you in to Bill's psychosis mm-hmm. and like that he's not maybe fully okay. Yeah. Um, he does make a really funny comment line earlier that he's like i don't even want to be here i want to be at home with my mom and my dad watching a dvd yeah <laughs> uh, i felt oh, that man i feel that all the time <laughs> paul goldblatt did do makeup effects on this okay mm. cool nice and then the last thing is just guys to hinge on what you said about festivals so it got the audience award for best feature at slam dance that year and it also got screened at some other high profile festivals like the maryland film festival and it was generally a darling wherever it turned up at as it should be this was kind of in our heyday of going to... Yeah, I remember the screening at some of the festivals. Horror too, cons. Like horror Hound and stuff like that. Because we were, at this point in our lives, like when this came out, we were hitting the horror conventions. Like anyone that came close to us, we were usually going. Yeah, back when they were good. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before they were crammed full of like... And everything's 50, 60 bucks for... I was in... I was a zombie in one episode of Walking... Or of Fear the Walking <laughs> oh, Dead. Man. Oh my God. And my oh, autograph yeah. is $80. Like that's where we're at now. Um, Fun times. Yeah. But anyway, do we want to move to your all's thoughts on it? Let's do it. I think we can roll on, yeah. Well, it was my film, so you know I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can tell us what you think. It held up well for me. Mm -hmm. I'd honestly Mm -hmm. probably seen it like three, four times over the years. Right. Uh, I I own it uh, on DVD. I don't even know if it's on the Is there a Blu-ray? I don't don't think there is. Um. I picked it up back in the day. That's because that was how you only way we were going to see it back in the right. day. So I bought it, owned it, watched it. Uh, but I haven't seen it in probably like five or six years. Honestly, it held up really well. 
And watching it from another standpoint of like having my wife watch it with me now. I don't think there is a Blu-ray. No, there was, doesn't, doesn't seem to be. Really fun mm-hmm. to like have her react to it. Um, if anyone cares what her thoughts were, she was like, I, I liked it. I uh, don't really want to watch it again. <laughs> um, so she said, I think I'm going to land on a solid three and a half. That's is good. where she was. Nothing wrong with I'm that. I'm a bit higher. I'm probably like a four. I'm a solid four. Mm-hmm. I There's a lot holding me back from four and a half. Um, definitely not a five. Right. Mm. But I think it's solid four, honestly, just for the fact that this is a springboard for everything else for everything else that happens. And then like green room's probably one of my favorite films of not all time, but like I, oh, I, I of modern movie. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I really, really love it. So to kind of see where it all started and also just the gorilla style shooting of this mm-hmm. just really, it's very charming. Reminds you of all the horror greats, you know, that did it before with no money. So mm-hmm. I'm a solid four. Nice. Nice. Maybe I'll go next and I'll yeah, let you wrap sure. up. Um, so I guess I'll start at the worst part of it first, which is you can fill the budget sometimes. I think really it's at that final act when they're going the hardest. But I think they played it well and they saved the budget for the gore effects that are really going to make the difference, like that chainsaw scene. Yeah. Uh, like the whole makeup, like fire burn mask molding thing, mm-hmm. which is that's like one of the best visuals of the whole film, which is so fucking awesome. Um. And I would love to see them try to do this again with a bigger budget, but I also wonder how much of it was the restraints of where they were at that time yeah, that's what without I the money is like what led this to be created. So mm-hmm. maybe it couldn't even be topped. Uh, performances are great across the board. Every single person in here is perfect for the role that they have. Uh, again, I wish there was a little more sky, but you know, yeah. some, someone has to die first. Sure. So sorry about your luck. Just got to set the tone um, for the movie. And then again, I appreciate the scope. I could easily have seen it be a one-room deal, but the fact that they actually blow up and they go on the rooftops and the other party and everything else, mm-hmm. uh, it just really gives it like that perfect where they just pushed it the little extra beyond just being like a first film that's a one-room right. kind of horror drama thing. Um, and then I think even for his first feature, you get a lot of trademarks of like elements that go on to be a little bit of Saulnier's style in all his films. Right, so you've got like really brutal violence. That's it's very like documentary like mm-hmm. and very in your face. It doesn't shy away from like not the gore nor the after effects of violence happening. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing with a lot of his films is we oh. always see once the violence happens, the after effect of that both on the person that is harmed, but then also the people around them mm-hmm. that have to experience that. That's a good observation, yeah, uh, especially the breakdown of uh, Macon. Once Lexi mm-hmm. gets killed, mm-hmm. that's like his whole arc into that final act. Right. And it's, you know, the tension of like, he's kind of losing his grip on his relationship with her and realizing that she maybe is not even that into him, mm-hmm. but then to see her die and then he just snaps. Yeah. Um, Good point. And then with the same with the arc with Chris of going from like this very passive person that's beaten down and then everything he goes through and then he finally snaps and fights <laughs> back. <laughs> And kind of realizes, like, you know, maybe I need, maybe I need, need to take a little. Maybe I can stand up to my camera. Yeah, stand up a little bit. <laughs> um, and so I, I love that. I love the very character motivation driven storytelling. I think there's some good social commentary in this about the art scene, mm-hmm. about like the people that are kind of just in it just to be in it for the fame and they don't really have like a point or a message. And um, I also think there's some interesting stuff in this about like jealousy in general. 
Like a lot of the antagonists in this, the whole group, they come across very shallow and they're very concerned about just making it and being big. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what's, what's your goal? What's your purpose? What's your point with that? And, and again, I go back to like Lexi's story in the truth serum game and the fact that she's like, I hate when I see good art mm-hmm. because of the way it makes her feel. And it feels like, well, I can't exist in this space because I can never be that good. And it kind of touches on that idea of like imposter syndrome, right. which is a thing I've brought up before that I definitely struggle with myself. Mm. Uh, and still do even even now. I'm the same way. Um, so it was cool that it, even though this is more of like a fun horror comedy, there are some deeper themes in there that it can make you think about and kind of ponder on a little bit. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really loved it. I think just really the budget's the only thing that's holding it back from being like an ultimate movie. Mm-hmm. So I gave it four stars. I'm right there with you. All right. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I had also seen this before when it came out and loved it then. And I probably seen it once or twice since then but it's been a while so it was good to revisit and i agree with you michael it holds up very well see i don't also don't think the budget is a problem at all with this mm. i think it's i think it's a bonus because that i mean it really sparks true creativity yeah um and you could tell these people saunier and all of his company they're all just clicking mm-hmm. i mean they're just working off each other and they're all just firing on all cylinders <laughs> It made me think of the Mumblegore crew and how all of those like worked yeah. together on different yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. And I'm I'm sure that they worked and were around uh, all these you know hoity toity art students. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're going to film school. I have a feeling they know this scene very well <laughs> and had very little patience for it. <laughs> um, yeah, all the acting is great. The dialogue's funny. It's 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 an 80 minute long movie. Oh yeah, the, the length. The yeah. perfect length for this movie. <laughs> it, it doesn't overstay one second. No. It's it's perfect. The editing is great. Cinematography is good. It's not flashy, but it's 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 appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it, he's a great director, but he knows not to go overboard on certain things. You know, he knows when to rein it in. It's just it's a, it's a well timed, well edited. Well acted flick. That's, like, that's like the Jason seal of approval. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you disagreed on Hold the Dark, but that's fine. <laughs> a little, a I, little. I started a little more with that one. That's that's probably I my. I like it. Don't I, get me wrong. Yeah, I like that one, but it is my least favorite of his. I Piper think. even said she was like, "How did he get from this to that?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> well, I think Dustin made a good point. I think it hit the nail on the head. You do see some of those seeds, mm-hmm. this yeah. preoccupation with violence, and the result yeah. thereof. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you at four stars. All hey, right. cross the nice. board. Yep. I, cool. t- I feel like I kind of phone it in with you guys sometimes. Like I, I try not to pick anything <laughs> real divisive. Try not to do any brimstones no. here or <laughs> anything God. like that. Those can be the funnest. Sometimes ones, you though. just walk into those and you can't help it. This movie also, I forgot to admit, uh, reiterate how great it is for Puff Snooty. Yes. And I'm going to look up to see if Puff Snooty is in any other films because I will watch everything this cat does. As cat fans, I always appreciate <laughs> good movies with a cat. Yeah. So it's got that going for it too. Well, that was fun. I'm glad that you guys liked it. Super fun. Glad you brought this to yeah, us. Yeah, man. Thanks. Glad Thank it so completed my viewing of his films because now I've seen them all. Oh, excellent. This oh, was the Puff's, last one. Puff Snooty's only been in Murder Party, nothing oh, else. Too bad. Made all their money. <laughs> then, uh, started doing a lot of catnip, and then you just oh, don't man. don't see them I hate anymore. To see that happen. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so, what do you all got next? So, this was the end of our Halloween Odyssey, indeed. And 
though we're very tired, we now have a listener episode facing us. Mm. And we figured that since we're kind of already in that horror mood and we've been hanging there for a while, why not one more to get us out the door? Hell yeah. Before I jump us off the tracks into some weird bullshit. Uh oh. <laughs> so, digging into the old archive, we are going to check out next another new film to echo back to Tin and Tina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go back just a year to 2022. And check out Zach Kreger's Barbarian. Ah, I, have, I still haven't I have, seen that. I have seen it, and I'm interested to get Dustin's take. I have never seen it, and when I it, when the request we've had this request for a while, we've been sitting on it. Mm-hmm. And when it came in, I said I am not going to watch this movie mm-hmm. until we do the episode. Okay, it's Justin Long too, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. We were discussing. Dustin is wearing a Goosebumps T-shirt. I am, and said no, I have not watched the new show. Um, and then we were discussing that Justin Long is in the new show. I like Justin. Which I'm going to say, it's not because I'm opposed to the show. I just haven't had time yet to get to it. No, I get that. I get that. I love me some goosebumps. All right. Well, (laughs) well, uh, thanks for joining us, Michael. It's always a treat to have you back on here. Yeah, I'll try to make it around sometime. Yeah, come back and join us again sometime. No. (laughs) Wow. Okay. But Mm. otherwise, um, if you want to check out Murder Party for yourself, by the way, it is on Tubi. Yeah, free. It's also on Amazon Prime. Oh, Oh, is it? Really? Mm -hmm. Shit. That's how I watched it. Oh. Oh. Hmm. No hmm. commercials, baby. Yeah. There's only like three, honestly. Yeah, it was swift. Because okay. it was such a short movie. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of commercial breaks. Right. Um, but that said, let us know what you think if you've seen this. If you've seen some of his other films, let us know about those. Unless um, you don't like him, and then we don't want to hear about it. We barely scratched <laughs> the surface on Halloween set films. There's so many more. So if you have a favorite that you champion, you can send it to us. Mm-hmm. Let us know. We'll add it to our growing list of movies to check out. And I'll get to it one day for sure. Probably, eventually, hopefully maybe before the heat death of the universe. Um, and you can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Instagram. It's Email X. us. It's X now, buddy. Yeah. Well, maybe we should mention that too. Who knows how long we'll be on there because... Oh yeah, they start making you pay. Pay accounts. Uh, they could suck it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll navigate that together with everyone else out there. Yep. there you're just moving to truth social now, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't think we would be very well received on there. Yeah. Hey, these guys are too woke. <laughs> we'll be way too woke. And then we'll go we broke. Gone broke. But the trick's on them because we don't make any money. Yeah, so. we're broke as this. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. That's like a, it's one of those memes like you can't get broke if you already are. Yep. Can't get broke if you're already woke. Email us at genreexposure at gmail.com. That one's always good if you like a little slower mail type thing. Um, Or, you know, conjure us on your spirit board. See what happens. Wow. I'm open to it. If there's like a random hand that you can grab a hold of. (laughs) Yeah, let us in. Michael Michael will possess you. Oh, wow. (laughs) You're just going to be sitting around like eating Cheetos and painting miniatures. You'll wake up one day and be like, why do I have a blacksmith forge? (laughs) Why am I constantly yelling at my child? <laughs> I don't even have a child. Um, I'm not constantly yelling at him. I'm going to break. It's usually just these two, so it's like, please don't stick your hand in that. <laughs> That's going to hurt. It's the same, same stuff your wife says to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, the circle uh, of life. Uh, <laughs> so all that said, you have been listening to Genre Exposure. Take care. Bye, everyone.
listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.